Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. These series are hosted by Arvid Bhatt, a triple accredited master coach and expert on the leadership brain and personality. He's worked with over 500 CXOs of multinational companies. Besides his work as an executive coach, he's an author and public speaker. Every episode contains a 15-minute masterclass with in-depth knowledge and a practical case study. Follow our series and become an expert on leadership yourself. Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. Episode 10, Martial Arts and Rockstars. First of all, welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. We're already at episode 10, so I'm very grateful that you are joining me so far. Today is going to be a very, very special episode, and it will also take a bit longer than usual. You might wonder why, after 9 episodes of specific content, I'm breaking this with a rather unusual title. Well, I'm actually not. All successful people in the world have things in common. Today, I'm going to talk about the things that link a martial arts fighter to a rock star and both of them to a successful CEO. I will try to share my personal experiences too. Because before my career as an executive coach for business leaders, I've worked as an artist manager, producer and mentor in the entertainment industry. So this episode will be slightly different in form, a bit more personal than normal and also longer than usual. Hopefully you will enjoy it as much as the other podcast lessons. Please feel free to respond and interact using podcast at true leadership.com So, why on earth would someone step into a ring and fight another very strong person? My first experience started when I worked as a lighting designer for free fight and cage fight events. These were incredible events for someone like myself, not into martial arts at that time, but fascinated by the power play. I've met dozens of fighters and almost all of them were extremely friendly and introvert backstage. In the ring, these men were powerful, dominant and dangerous for the untrained eye. Although there were some rules, it seemed that they tried to slaughter their opponents. I've witnessed fighters going out and needed a defibrillator from the medics in the event hall live on stage. An ambulance was always waiting inside the venue. It seemed so dangerous. Why on earth would someone be prepared to take these risks? Working with artists, TV stars, actors and other celebrities in the media, painted a similar picture, but with different colors. An 18-year-old girl, studying, sitting on her balcony, singing about her high school love that broke up. Very emotional. She wrote an absolute beautiful song. The song was recorded, broadcasted and became a hit. Millions of people became fans. And this now 20-year-old girl gave shows in arenas, incredible venues with 50,000 people or more shouting, screaming, crying, loving her. The pressure was immense, and backstage she was nervous beyond anything. She felt alone, got anxiety problems, started drinking, experimented with drugs. Although the easy way out would be, just don't perform. Finish school and become a teacher like you originally planned. But the stage lured time after time. There was something in that moment that was worth all the pain and suffering, because on stage she felt incredible. Now picture a CEO. Great salary, nice car, all the status, beautiful office. People look up to you and you can boss them around. Sounds like a great deal, right? Until you add the other side of the medal to this equation. 
waking up at 5, being in the office at 6, making over 50 phone calls a day, doing 30 meetings, having to deal with pressure, danger, risks, and hard decisions that no one else wants to make. You have to deal with P&L responsibility. You need to deal with media when an employee does something illegal. You're the one firing people when numbers are low. And so on. Why on earth does the money and status weigh up to the numerous things you don't like? Because you look in the mirror and feel powerful? These three examples paint you a picture on what these people have in common. As I've explained in a previous episode, leadership is about two main components. Personality and competence. Well, the three people in my example have the same type of personality. Only their competences are different. But not even all of them. So let's have a look at the similarities. I've personally worked with all kinds of successful people. CEOs, sports people, famous artists, actors, referees, TV personalities and so on. And they seem to share a great deal of personality aspects. Most of them, if you dive into their learning history growing up, seem not very smoothly attached. Basically, I dare to say, there is more or less an attachment disorder in place. People that show this, as you've learned in episode 3, will always suffer with the problems of not being fully and symbiotically connected. But how do you see this? By the type of recognition thereafter. Healthy attached people have a foundation of unconditional recognition. However, these successful people have trouble feeling this and substitute it with conditional recognition. It's about success, winning, money, cars, status and so on. Almost always in a combination with or substance abuse and drinking or with extreme sports. All of it is working on the nucleus accumbens, as we've learned in episode 6. This is something all the examples have in common. They need the success. The kick, the adrenaline, the win, the euphoric experience. And after they've had it, they want even more. It's very easy to analyze this lifestyle when looking at documentaries, Netflix series or YouTube interviews. Hodinkee, for example, is a YouTube channel about watch enthusiasts. If you see John Mayer talking about his watch collection and Google his girlfriend dating list of famous and extremely beautiful women, you can find a certain pattern yourself probably. A good relation is about unconditional love and connection. But if you're in the game for dopamine, it's about the yacht and conquering. About change and new experiences. About being the one that got them all. But John Mayer is certainly not alone. Just look at any showbiz news channel and see the same pattern over and over and over. And if there would be a similar channel for CEOs, you would see exactly the same behavior. Problems in your early attachment will always affect your adult life. And that's painfully clear when you see the Netflix series of Kevin Hart. His lack of contradictory opinion organized in his social networks makes him the alpha on the rock. And that backfires as soon as emotion is in place. As you can see with the whole Oscar hosting controversy. If these people feel they're attacked wrongfully, they will most certainly go into a fight response. The reptilian brain part is activated by the serotonin response and their testosterone steers it towards a fight response every single time. Look at interviews with extremely successful and brilliant people. And you'll see the same patterns. Elon Musk, Quincy Jones, Jordan Peterson, Muhammad Ali, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Taylor Swift, Ellen DeGeneres. The list is endless and will keep growing as long as we, 
as a collective, don't understand the basic fundamental principles in place. The thing that separates the fighter from the CEO or singer are the competences. In their personality you will find a lot of overlap, but competence-wise they took different axes on the talent highway. A fighter will have this physical intelligence, a CEO a cognitive intelligence, and a singer a creative intelligence. But, and that's something you can see for yourself, most of the time they will have several types of talent. These people have this incredible primal urge to succeed and possess the discipline to become skilled in multiple things. That is why Kevin Hart can be good at comedy, sports and filmmaking, and Elon Musk built both cars and rocket ships, or James Corden does TV singing and musical. Multi-talented people show both urgency, discipline and a hunger for recognition. One of the reasons this group of people is misunderstood most of the time is that they first of all don't accept any help or counseling until it's too late. And if they do, eventually, they rather hire someone famous than someone competent. It's easier to work with Tony Robbins, who shows extremely detached and problematic problems himself, than to ask a psychiatrist. If you believe you are very smart and complex, you also assume your problems are. So it's not easy for someone to help you and that person should be extremely competent and famous as well. Because otherwise you would be saying that you are incompetent yourself because you couldn't deal with this problem. For people working with this type of clientele, it's important to offer a fundament of unconditional recognition. And secondly, it's important to refrain from any judgment and have a proven approach to work with these people. But you should also understand their perspective. Make sure you understand how this life is, how backstage vs onstage life is, how a boardroom works and what these people experience when they get home. And because these people are rare, you see tens of thousands of successful people struggling with this every day. Please try to see some documentaries yourself, listen to podcasts and interviews and try to listen for conditional recognition. Try to see the pattern they show in the strive for success. Listen to how they describe their success and what they do with their money. Understand and feel the little boy or girl inside this famous personality. Respect the path they've walked and never, but really never, underestimate the path they've walked. And still walk every day. If you want to become a leadership expert, accept that there is no such thing as a free meal in life. So a CEO, martial arts fighter, rock star, TV actor, and any other VIP will struggle to get there. The sad thing is that almost all of them will stay unhappy and feel unsatisfied most of their life. Together with you, I hope to change this. It's the reason I do what I do. To make successful people feel fulfilled. To make them feel unconditionally accepted. And to make them feel intrinsically happy without external input. I would like to thank you for listening to this special episode of the Leadership Lessons podcast. It's the odd one out in this series. I'm breaking the format and just try to make you understand this important connection. Hopefully it will inspire you to dive into the subject and help successful people, or even yourself, to accomplish the basic human needs. Thanks for listening and I hope you'll join me next time when we're talking about the subject matter of feminine leadership. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to like and subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud channels. 
More information on executive coaching and bookings can be found on true-leadership.com.